welcome to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast, your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, the guy who wants to mix it up tonight, Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how do you want to mix it up tonight? Um, I think I'll turn it back around on you and say, Rick, how are you feeling? How are you doing? Check in. Give us a, give us a, a status update. How's life? Let's see that that was good bo that was good i you know what i'm doing well um it's it's my i don't know what, what i would consider it my saturday so uh it's been a good day um and just been relaxing gotta get my butt into gear tomorrow you know probably get a workout in or two but um yeah i'm feeling good doing good and you know i i just we just hopped on the call and i showed you a uh, a bunch of cards that I got just now, like the last couple of days. So uh, that's right, that's you know, right. Loving yeah. loving the baseball cards. So um, how how are you doing today, Bo? Are you are you doing swell? I'm doing swell. I I'm quite tired, but I uh, I'm gonna make it through. I'm gonna survive. I'll do it. You'll you'll do it. Are you sure? I'll do, I'll make it. I'll I make it a... for the fans. I'll do it. Yeah. Do I need to get some music on to pump you up? I can. I can play some uh, "What's New, Pussycat." That seems to be one of your favorite songs. Uh, more of a it's a it's not an unusual fan really, but that's okay. We'll uh, we'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah, I'm sure Kenmore Lane's loved us when we uh, loaded up the jukebox full of "What's New, Pussycat." I don't know how many times <laughs> did we play that. It was like five, six, seven times. It was, it was, it was a lot. It was a lot. You did that. I added like seven dollars worth of Hooba Stank. It was a good night. So fun time. <laughs> Endorse. Before we get into everything, let's uh you know thank everyone for coming back, taking time to listen to the podcast. Uh we're gonna make this quick. Um if you're a first time listener, thanks for choosing us. If you're just coming back and listening to us now, thank you for coming back. Uh, you know, we're getting a lot of listens right now. Obviously, people are still wanting to hear some Mariners baseball talk. That's what we're here for, trying to provide the best Mariners baseball talk that we can. Um, Just go over our social media pages. Hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Instagram. Hit us up on threads. Just search Forks Down Podcast. You can hit like and subscribe on your podcast listening app. Just to get notified about new episodes dropping, you can rate us on there. If you like us, give us five stars. If you don't like us, give us one stars. Make sure you leave your name. I'm finding, you know, I get a lot of complaints at work. Um, for various aspects because I'm in management um, and those people don't like to leave their names, leave your name for us. Let's, let's have some fun. You know, maybe a, a phone number too. We'll, uh, we'll give you a call. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to you about it. You know, I won't, you know, I, I I'm a little coward, but Bo, he loves that. He lives for it. So anyways, Bo, that was quick. Let's get into it. <laughs> um, Got a few tra- uh, transactional notes to uh, talk, and again, it- it's starting to look like a typical Jerry Depoto offseason. Um, you know, we-, we got a couple signings out of the way, some couple people that are going to probably make a splash, maybe a couple trades. Now we're getting into the part of the offseason where he just goes and signs random pitchers. Well, I've heard of all three of these guys, but what do you know about Joey Knable, Ty Buttray, and Austin Voth? 
uh sure thing so uh joey uh joey crable most recently of the uh the baltimore orioles um you know it hasn't really uh, had a ton of success in the majors but um a good uh you know a good taking a chance on somebody um you know kind of a um has some decent um kind of pitch mix distribution stuff right it's a little different for the mariners in terms of um, I don't really see a slider in his game too much. So um, you could classify that as a little different. He's going to throw that kind of fastball coupled with the changeup and his kind of cutter and two seamer. So a little bit of a different story, at least from what his most recent pitch distribution is. So, um, and then a tie, a tie buttery, um, you know, kind of a fastball heavy guy. Um, kind of fastball is going to hit 96 up in upper 90, somewhere in there, um, but does throw a slider, but also throws the changeup. Um, you know, hasn't really pitched since 2020. So we'll kind of see what we've got out of him. Um, and then kind of wrapping up with Austin Voth, Austin Voth, of course, did sign the one major league contract with the Mariners, $1.25 million. So he was kind of added to the 40 man roster, which at this point now means that the 40 man roster is full. So they would have to, you know, make some more changes, DFAs, things like that if they wanted to move guys around. So, um, Austin Voth, uh, uh, I remember Austin Voth from kind of coming up as uh, he he kind of had some a, a soft rise, I would say, to the majors in terms of he was really good in the minors for a couple of seasons. And then um, he had, you know, a couple spots here and there with the Nationals where he looked really good, um, ultimately ended up um, getting converted to a reliever in his most recent season. Um uh, fastball, curveball, slider, cutter mix. So does have four pitches. Um, I think there's a chance that he could get a spot start here and there, like a swing kind of guy, maybe in some sort of scenario. But, um, you know, I think he kind of, if you're looking at the bullpen right now, right, uh, Anthony Discofani, I think is, um, you know, the sixth man, even though I think Discofani might be the fifth man and they kind of s- slow down Brian Wu to start the season. But Austin Vothrow will might fill the, the role at the beginning of the year of that kind of spot where like a Marco Gonzalez might've been somewhere in there as well as they're kind of moving that kind of the trees, the, the trio of Brian Wu, Discofani, Voth around early on in this season, just to kind of, you know, manage innings there. So, um, all good pickups. You know, this is kind of what the Mariners do, um, coupled with, you know, filling out a triple A roster as well. Yep. I mean, I think last time around this year, we had guys like JB Bukakis, Justin Topa, Taylor Saucedo, you know, signed around this time. Um, so it, again, nothing new for Jerry going and, and getting uh, three different pitchers that could, you know, all of them should have a shot at the bullpen. You know, I, I still feel there's a couple spots open. Um, one thing I don't think you mentioned, um, I think if, I, if memory serves me correct, uh, Mariners fans should know Ty Buttray because he was on, uh, the Angels most recently, um, part of their kind of disastrous bullpen <laughs> that they had. Um, but uh, yeah, three solid pickups. Um, you know, hopefully uh, we don't need to see Austin Voth uh, get a spot start here and there. You know, hopefully um, everything's all good and kosher with the uh, um, Mariners rotation. But again, solid solid to have a little bit of a backup plan there just in case things go sideways we know how that worked out so well for us last year so um and then the other transactional notes um you know it's the time of the year where the uh international free agents um uh 
you know, come into play and get signed. And the Mariners ended up signing 11 international free agents, um, high, headlined by Dal, Dalwell. I, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Joseph and Leandro Romero, um, two shortstop prospects. Um, I, you know, just because they're signed as international free agents, Bo, uh, you know, doesn't mean they're going to stick at shortstops, but I feel like the Mariners now have a very, very, I don't know, a big amount of riches at the shortstop position currently. You know, they got Celestine last year, uh, Cole Young, um, you know, I'm sure I'm forgetting others. You know, we got JP at the major league level, but, um, you know, just it's surprising that the two big names are shortstop prospects coming out of this class. Right. And then, yeah, with, uh, with Celestine last year, right. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, a there's a, there's a ton of talent, I think in there right now. Right. Um, I think with Dahl Joseph, um, he, uh, he's, he's got a little bit lengthier, right. Um, I think I'll read kind of directly from baseball America here where I kind of, uh, you know, kind of get the information for the best information for the international guys for, um, you know, what we're looking at here, but, says he has a lean, lively frame. Um, he's going to be a pretty premium athlete, but they said he could play shortstop or likely center field. So, um, but he does have a chance, they say, to get taller and stronger, which he's already 6'2", um, 175. So, um, yeah, very well could be pushing, you know, um, size of Julio somewhere in there, right? But, uh, yeah, he has um, certainly very projectable to uh, to be maybe, a, you know, play up the middle essentially. So, there's that on Dal Joseph. It was number four in the in the international kind of rankings that Baseball America had here. Um, then Leandro Romero, um, <clears throat> they said that he stands out for more of his power. Um, he said he's been adding kind of strength over the last couple of years. Um, you know, they say that he's going to have more of a power hitting shortstop um, edge to him. So. Um, you could probably see him maybe moving around a little bit in the diamond. So uh, very difficult to project with any of these guys, of course. Um, you know, born in 2007 and all Joseph 2006 for Leandro Romero. So, um, you know, pretty young guys. Wow. Um, yeah, that's uh, so, yeah, like just like Celestine last year, right? Celestine, we signed him and Celestine still hasn't even made his debut yet. So, um, you know, we're we're very likely down the down the playing the long game with these guys. So we'll see what comes out of them. But they're very well. We could be somebody on this list. Um, uh, you know, the Mariners played it pretty position heavy, but still signed a couple, um, a couple pitchers from the Dominican Republic in Venezuela as well. So, um, very well could be somebody else on this list that breaks out, but, um, you know, Dal Joseph signed for a good, um, bonus there as well as Leandro Romero. So you would expect that the Mariners are hoping to get something out of those guys, but, uh, yeah, the talent that we have in the, uh, um, in the middle infield right now is a little wild with, uh, Colt Emerson, Cole Young. Um, Ty Pete, if he sticks around there, Michael, Michael Arroyo, Felon Celestine, Dahl Joseph, Leandro Romero. And you just hope that there's some, I don't know, JP replacements there someday or something, right? You just hope that there's something in there with some of the talent that we have. Cause it just seems, just seems massive right now. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. And, and, um, you know, maybe outside of the Northwest, uh, the, the Mariners farm system probably, you know, it'll probably be top 10, but it probably won't get a lot of looks from, from different people, you know, people that follow certain teams every year. Um, But this, uh, this farm system that we're kind of building for the Mariners, it, it, 
really makes me excited just with the names, um, you know, that, that we're seeing, you know, everyone you mentioned, you know, Johnny from my little, I mean, Laz Montez, I keep getting his name brought up in several different things that I'm seeing, whether it be a MLB.com article or, um, you know, I was watching MLB network the other day and they were talking about him being a, you know, a, a, a mini, well, not very many, but a younger Jordan Alvarez, you know, you know, so just stuff like that just gets me really excited. Um, you know, and, and obviously we've had pretty good luck bringing people up, you know, through the last couple of years. I mean, most notably, obviously our, our number one player, Julio Rodriguez, but, um, you know, George Kirby or Logan Gilbert, um, you know, just just guys that were kind of in-house homegrown Cal Raleigh, um, you know, just to name a few, but just guys that are homegrown and, and um, the sky's the limit. I'm, I'm hoping, you know, a, a few of these guys do um, stick around and, you know, and, and make it to the major leagues. I, I can't wait to see them. So. Yeah, most definitely. And I think uh, Jerry and team have kind of prioritized um, uh, high potential, right? I think that they've definitely done that the last couple of years. And that's definitely what I think you would describe our farm system as right now. It has massive, massive potential more so than many other years. Um, so we'll see. I I honestly, Bo, can't remember the last time that we had a farm system like this, if at all, to be honest with you. You know, growing up, you know, we talk about the big guys, you know, through high school, you know, the, the Jeff Clements and the the Jesus Monteros and the and then the, the big three at Tawan Walker, Danny Holson and James Paxton, you know, and it's like I, I don't think we've had this good of a farm system probably ever. Um one transactional note. Um, you know, it's not necessarily obviously a Mariners, but, um, you know, just a team in within the division getting a little bit better. The Astros did sign Josh Hader to a contract. Um, it, uh, I, I kind of wonder what, you know, Josh Hader has been one of the best relievers in the major leagues, um, you know, the past few seasons, but, um, he, he does have his times where I think he, uh, gives up a lot of runs and, you know, like any normal pitcher has his downtimes, but um, this is an interesting signing for the Astros. You could say they're big three in the bullpen now or Josh Hader probably closing. And then you got Brian Abreu and Ryan Presley sitting there too. Um, it's obviously a name that makes the Astros get better, but what do you, what do you think Bo, about this Josh Hader signing? Uh, it's a, I just feel like it's still a lot of money for a, for a closer. And I think we said that last year with Edwin Diaz, but, um, yeah, it's just, it's just a lot of money for a closer when they already feel like they have Presley there. And I know Presley's getting older, but, um, and they, and the bullpen, we already reviewed them, right? The bullpen was an area that we thought that they could probably improve in. So, uh, I'm not super surprised, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Josh Hader still walked, I mean, Josh Hader walked just under five per nine last year, right? Um, granted, he's, you know, striking out, you know, 13 and a half batters per nine. So that's still all well and good. Um, but, 
yeah, I think the walks are are still an issue for I think this bullpen in Houston, right? So I think it's going to be something to get to them. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's just I'm kind of curious where Houston is trying to plan to spend all their money, right? Like they we've talked about it before, but they're going to have they're going to bump up against a couple of contracts upcoming, and you know they've decided to you know spend money here, and um, you know last year with uh, Jose Abreu, it just seems like. I think there might be some contracts down the road that they're not too excited to have there. And, uh, you know, maybe Josh Hader works out for him, but uh, yeah, this one, I didn't, I, I, I'm not surprised, but um, yeah, I kind of felt like they might've, I don't know. I feel like you probably should have saved your money for somewhere else, but uh, you know what? That's, that's up to them there. So anyways, um, you can't deny that the bullpen is obviously going to be better with Josh Hader in it, but I think you just nailed it on the head there. Um, you know, in, in the long run, they've got players that are getting older. I mean, they just signed Jose Abreu last year, but Jose Abreu is like 30, like mid thirties, like 36 or something. You know, you could say he's kind of on the downtrend of his career. Jose Altuve has been in the league for a while. Um, you know, he's getting older. Alex Bregman, as much as you don't want to talk about him or Altuve, both of them are getting older. So maybe we won't be talking about them for much longer. Um, you know, and they do have a solid core of young guys, the Kyle uh, Tuckers, the Chaz McCormicks, the Jeremy Pena's everyone. I'm, I'm still bitter about him. The Astros fans saying he was going to be better than Julio. Cause I, I don't even think they thought that was true. They were just trying to get under his, our skin, but um, yeah, I, I just wonder where the Astros are going to go. I mean, with this, it's a lot of money. Um <laughs> They've already got a lot of money in that bullpen, Bo. If you remember from last year with uh, um, freaking former Mariner. Help me out here. What, who was it last year? Uh, was, Rafael Montero. Rafael Montero. Thank yeah. you. See, I can't even remember his name. He's so forgettable. He had one like half decent season, but he's already making like 40 mil or something out of that bullpen, which is like, I can't remember. It was like fifteen or seventeen million years. So um, that's that's a lot of money to be in your bullpen currently. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and uh, yeah, like like we said, they're gonna have to make some decisions, and uh, I feel like it makes it a little bit more difficult when you're kind of giving up Josh Hader money or for that many years. But uh, we'll see how it shakes out for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bo, this is where we normally hop in our competitors coverage here. We got two other teams, the Angels and the Blue Jays this week, and, and obviously we're going to get into them. Um, but it's, it's funny that we picked the Angels this week, Bo, because um, there's one thing I want to discuss that we didn't mention here on our notes um, before we get into it. I just want to see if you saw Anthony Rendon's name come up in the news in the last couple of days. Um, I did when old Anthony is referring to, um, wanting to, uh, <clears throat> cut back on the, uh, the number of games. Um, yes, I did see that. Yes. For, for those uninitiated out there, those who don't maybe follow social media or use, you know, this and as, as your main source of Mariners news and, and stuff like that, um, just to do a quick re- recap, uh, Anthony Rendon. You know, uh, former World Series winner with the Washington Nationals. Um, 
You know, he if, if a normal fan would probably know that he's on the Angels currently, but doesn't ever play because he's always hurt. Um, came out, and I can't remember who he's talking to, um, but came out and was talking about how he wants to, um, if he was in charge, he would cut down the number of games that are played from 162. And he didn't really give a definitive number, uh, but he very much made it sound, I think he mentioned half, he cut it by half. So he'd go from 162 to 81 games, you know, and um, it's it sparked a little bit of discussion between people, but uh, most notably other, um, we'll just say former MLB players were coming out. Most notably, Jonathan Papelbon, his teammate in Washington, um, came out and uh, said, you're already hurt all season. You know, if you want to you know, play half the games, you want to play 81, maybe you should give half your salary back. Um, uh, I find it funny and I bring this up because we are talking about the angels this week and they are kind of, um, they're kind of the sinking ship currently in the AL West. Um, you know, Sherway got off this ship. Um, you, you could say it was the Titanic and he got off on one of the lifeboats and Anthony Rendon very much sounds like he doesn't want to play a lot of baseball. Um, so it just, uh, yeah, let's, let's just hop into it, Bo. The Angels, what do we know about them? <laughs> I noticed you only yeah. put one key departure, but I feel like it's the biggest key departure in like the last five years for any team in the MLB. Yeah, I, I, I was typing this up and I was like, key departures, and there were a couple other names on here. I was like, am I really going to put Shohei Otani and Randall Gritchick in the same? Like, am I going to put those <laughs> two together? So like, um, so uh, this is, uh, yeah, Shohei Otani is the is the key departure. Um, uh, I don't think I have to tell anybody that, but um, yeah, the, the team went 73 and 89 in 2023. They were fourth in the division. Uh, they started relatively okay, but then kind of uh, just kind of fell apart for them. Um, where, where have we, you know, the, we where have we heard that in the last five years with them? I'm pretty sure at least the last three or four, we've heard that every year. They start off fine. I think it was two years ago. They were, um, you know, in April were leading the AL West and then they finished under 500. So <laughs> I feel like we hear yep. that time and time again with them. They start good, fall off the train. And it's uh, yeah, it's just a similar story. National podcasts and national, you know, TV shows. They 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 loved to pick the Angels as some team that was gonna you know get into the wild card and um you know make some sort of run, but it just uh, just never happened for him. But the the story with them, right? They lost generational talent and they didn't receive anything for him. In retrospect, absolutely should have tried to have trade Otani at the trade deadline. Um, but at this point, Mike Trout is is aging, and Mike Trout um, just can't really be relied upon to to play a full season anymore. And um, it's kind of I was looking at Mike Trout's I was looking at Mike Trout's stat line, and it's kind of weird to think about. But Mike Trout has only played the last time Mike Trout played over 150 games was in 2016, which is it's it's really it's really weird for me to think about. Like it's been that long since he's had like a a true like full season of baseball, like. He did have two. He had under. He had 140 games in 2018, but it's still just. It's still weird to me that it's been you know however many years that is right seven years six eight seven, years but that he hasn't had a yeah. yeah something like that so wild to me but um yeah he just can't be relied upon to uh, to play a full season anymore um 
you know, they are continuously, it just seems like injured with, um, the aforementioned, um, Anthony Rendon. Um, um, but I would say this, that there is, um, I maybe not a light at the end of the tunnel, but they do have a couple of decent young guys. They have Logan O'Hoppy, Nolan Chanel, Zach Neto. There are some decent pieces to build around. Um, I think the challenge with, with the angels is just that, um, you know, with those three guys, even if they break through and you get a full season of Taylor Ward and you get, you know, even a healthier Mike Trout, um, you know, you lost, you know, a six and a half win player, you know, six and a half war player. And even if those guys take a big step forward, you're really just going to be replacing the value that Otani had. Right. Um, so it's really complicated for the angels. Um, there are so they're also a team that just has a very, very thin farm system. Nolan Chanel is the only top mm-hmm. 100 prospect on the list anywhere. They've tried to do numerous things of calling guys up. Um, Chanel and Neto are the, are the main examples of that guys that, um, they drafted for, um, trying to get major league ready talent to try to improve that team and try to, you know, I think at the time show Shoei Otani, they were trying to invest in it and get it better. Um, and it just didn't really happen. So, um, again, they were, they were an average offense in 2023. I think you can probably expect some of the same this year, even without Otani, if Brandon Drury, Taylor Ward come back healthy and Anthony Rondon comes back healthy. There is some, there is a little bit of pop in the lineup if everybody is healthy. Right. Um, and then, uh, I think moving on to the pitching side of things, um, Reed Detmers, Griffin Canning, Chase Silseth are all pretty decent younger names. Um, you can add Patrick Sandoval to that as well. Um, but they still struggle with their command, right? They still walked about four per nine. Um, they're the third worst in baseball for that. Um, and it still didn't get better, much better in the second half either. Still about close to four and a half, four and a, you know, for a little bit, maybe over four and a half walks per nine. So, um, <clears throat> and they did sign Robert Stevenson most recently to shore up the bullpen because the bullpen's also been, um, you know, a rough spot for them as well. Robert Stevenson's kind of set to slide into that closer spot with Carlos Estevez currently, um, and I think there are some positive signs, right? They're pitching. It did generate a good amount of swing and miss 12% swinging strike rate in 2023. Um, so I will say this is like, it is, uh, there's not a lot on the horizon for the angels. Like this is, this is the team, right? Like they've called up guys. They drafted that year where they had all pitchers, right? Um, and they, uh, they've tried to bring up a number of those guys and a lot of them haven't really worked out. Um, so I would say like the team that's there right now is, is really the team that you're going to get for the next couple of years. Maybe there's a couple of guys that break out through the minors, but this is it. And there is a little bit of sneaky pop on this team. If they're all healthy, um, you know, if you face a good a Reed Detmers, Griffin canning, maybe a chill, chase still Seth going back to back to back, that could be a, a tougher three game series. But, um, Overall, this is still, uh, you know, probably an average offense, a little below average pitching staff right now. Um, and uh, yeah, still with Otani, still a lot to make up. And if guys aren't healthy, it could go south really fast for the Angels. So right now they're pro- they are projected for about 76, 77 wins, fourth in the AL. Um, but that is behind, you know, well behind the Mariners, the Astros and the Rangers. Um, I think they'll still put together, you know, a couple competitive series definitely throughout the year and still going to be a little bit of a thorn in the Mariners side in a couple series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I will say they did one positive thing this off season, Bo. Um, they got rid of Phil Nevin. Um, that, that guy had no business being the manager of this club. Um, not great. They got a pretty good manager, um, from Atlanta, former, you know, former, I think he 
coach for Oakland A's. He was the manager for a while, uh, Ron Washington. Um, you know, so um, I'm excited for Ron Washington. I just wish it wasn't with the Angels. Um, I, I think Ron was one of the funner managers to to listen to. You know, you hear him in, in interviews, and um, you know he he has a lot of respect around the league. Um, I know Atlanta. A lot of the guys in the Atlanta locker room were kind of bummed out that he was taking this job. So, um, you know, we'll see if he can turn it around a little bit, but again, it doesn't look too much like there's going to be much improvement, especially like we said, with losing Shohei Otani. Um, <laughs> you, you brought up Ohapi, Nolan Chanel and, and Zach Nito and Nolan Chanel. I don't know if I agreed with them bringing him up so quick last year. I mean, there was times where you looked at him and you're like, okay, maybe he is major league ready, but um, I don't know. I feel like they're just throwing him to the fire here. Like, especially with Otani being gone, like he's going to play even a bigger role this year. And uh, it's just, it's a lot of pressure for a young guy like that coming, coming in, getting drafted. And then I think we were there. We watched his name come up on the draft board in Seattle when he got drafted. And then I think it was like 23 days later, he was on the major league roster. That's just got to be an insane amount of pressure. And you're playing, you know, he, he came up last year. He's playing with one of the best players in the league in Shohei Otani. And obviously another one in Mike Trout, although Mike was kind of hurt. <laughs> but um, that, that seems like a lot of pressure to me, Bo. Yeah, I, I I honestly, I feel like it was done to, I feel like it was honestly done to try and show Shohei that like these guys are here, right? Like the talents, you know, going to be here eventually. Like I do feel like that was a major point to calling up Neto and Chanel. So um, maybe they were used in that circumstance to try to, and you know, show Shohei that they were trying to invest in the team. But um, it's also, you know, Chanel was, he was very highly, thought of this way out of Florida Atlantic as well, right? That he was going to move really fast to the system. I don't think people maybe ex- thought it was going to be this fast, but um, yeah, yeah, here we are now. Right. And they think that the angels are in a spot where they're not, you know, they're not projected to be in the top of the AL West. So like they have enough time where they can, you know, give those guys enough at bats. If it's not really working out, if it's really struggling for them, you know, they can send them down do whatever they need to there. Right. They have a little bit of flexibility because it doesn't seem like, from projections wise, right. That they're going to be contending for a lot of the, you know, the top of the AL West there. So they have a little bit of flexibility with those guys. Yeah. yeah. You know, I can't wait for the next Mariners angels brawl brawl either. Um, you know, that helped spark a, a big winning streak for the Mariners. So I'm hoping we see another one. So <laughs> it's always fun when they uh, they get a little chippy at each other. But we don't have the firecracker Phil Nevin to uh, to light that powder keg. So, you know, maybe Ron Washington will keep it a little more professional. So, all right, Bo. So that was the Angels. We're going to talk about the Blue Jays now. Um, you know, obviously very much a team that we're going to be contending with in the uh, wild card Um for the wild card and uh i don't think we can truly say they have gotten better i think they've gotten worse a little bit but that's just me take it away 
Yep, sure thing. Another team we can talk about um, Otani's prospects too. But yes, they went 89 and 73 in 2023. They were the third in division. Um, key departures here, uh, a little bit different. You got Matt Chapman, Brandon Belt, Whit Merrifield, and Jordan Hicks. Um, you know, I think the the highlight is just a team that really thought that they were going to get Otani, um, a team that uh, I think a lot of people believed and believe stories about tweets about where guys were who were in plane flights and it didn't really end up working out for them i think that probably i don't think it set them back but i think it was something that i think a lot of the fans and i think the team would have you know really uh proved it a lot i think in a lot of ways but um still even without you know getting shohei otani the team itself um when you kind of i think when you analyze the team i don't know if i find actually i don't know if i find a ton of holes on the on the team for the blue jays unless you want to challenge me there but like i don't know if there's a like obviously like third base right they lost matt chapman they actually might still bring back matt chapman i think that i'm i don't know if it's likely at this point but i think there's a decent chance that they do bring him back um but you could say, you know, Kevin Biggio is playing that, filling that hole right now that maybe that's a spot for them. But it's a pretty, like, solid team in terms of the offense is, you know, slightly above average. I think some of the pitching staff is slightly above average. I think the, um, you know, the farm system is relatively decent. So, like, it's not a, it's not an organization that has a lot of holes right now. I just would think that, you know, the guys at the top really have to perform like they're stars, right? And I think it all kind of... I want to say it all points back to uh, to Vladdy, to Vladimir Guerrero Jr., but um, I steal this directly from the Zips projection from Dan Zimborski, and I feel like when I read this, it was like just it's just the perfect summation of Vladdy Jr., right? But it's um, his upside is still there, but you can't get around the fact that he's had one awesome season, one solid season, and a whole lot of meh. And um, I feel like that very much sums up Vladdy, right? Um, his 2023 was was very meh. He was a one-win player. Um, the stat line looks okay. 264, 345, 444, um, a 1-18 plus, still above average first baseman, um, but still only hitting 26 home runs, right? Um, I think for his stature, for his position, you probably want to have more power there. So, yeah, if Vladdy taps into another level himself, you could be talking about um you know the blue jays contending for maybe more spot maybe higher in the division but um we'll, we don't really know what we're going to get out of laddie so we'll see but you know couple that with bobachette still a very solid player george springer getting a little getting a little older still pretty solid um dalton varsho Alejandro kirk still a little bit of the core there um still a very solid offense um might be built around how body performs but um they could still go out, like we said, still go out and get Matt Chapman, could bring back a third base mode, which would be very beneficial to the team as well. Um, I think transitioning to the pitching, again, um, you know, somewhat uh, above average, I would say, pitching staff for the most part, or I would say a very, at least a very solid pitching staff, um, starting rotation anyways, with Kevin Gaussman, Jose Barrios, Chris Bassett, and you say Kikuchi. Um, and you can kind of, you can, the fifth spot, you can, I don't know if you want to throw Alex Manoa in because he is a little bit, he is quite a bit of a question mark, but um, yeah, similar to, similar to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is that, you know, Alex Manoa, um, pretty good season in 2022, um, really, really rough season in 2023 with the whole getting sent back down to the minors, coming back up, kind of popping up back and forth. Um, and yeah, very confusing season from Alex Manoa, but He's somebody that could elevate that pitching staff even more. Um, 
Their starters are really good at controlling the three true outcomes of the game, a nine and a half, a 9.3 K per nine, three walks per nine, and a you know home run point, 1.28 home runs per nine. So they're really good at tra- controlling those three true outcomes. Um, so again, very solid, I would say, pitching staff. Um, you're not going to be, I think I would still put the Mariners pitching staff over them, but uh, I think this pitching staff from the Blue Jays has a pretty solid floor. So I think it's a team overall that I would describe as like a very solid floor. They are projected to be the second best team in the AL with at least, you know, 91 wins or so. Um, projections are always typically a little higher on the Blue Jays. So I would say that's probably right around that 89, 90 wins where they came in last year. But uh, yeah, still a very solid team. Definitely going to be in the contention um, you know, for the playoffs um, with, you know, I think the, the team and the roster structure that they've built. Yeah, and I, I should have prefaced me saying they haven't got better before you hopped into the Blue Jays here as saying they still have the talent to pull off the 89, 90, 91 wins. Like just because they lost Matt Chapman, who probably is going to be bigger than the other guys on that list, Brandon Bell, Whit Merrifield, Jordan Hicks. Um, you know, they still have the talent and, and all it takes is for Vladdy to turn around and he doesn't even have to have an MVP season, but a, a, a very good season, you know, and, and they're in business, you know, Bo Bichette, if he could stay healthy, George Springer, um, you know, if he could come in and be that leadoff hitter that we all seem to hate, you know, and then uh, Varsho and Alejandro Kirk, you can even throw in Danny Jansen, um, you know, because that catching core is, is one of the better ones in the major leagues with Kirk and and Jansen. Um, you know, I, I, I always get worried when we play the Blue Jays, um, you know, not not just because of who's on their team, but. Uh, having to travel to Toronto is as tough, you know, it seems like every time for the Mariners. So, uh, yeah, Blue Jays, they they have the talent to get to the top of the AL East. They also, you know, if the talent can't find their stroke, they also have the talent to not even make the playoffs. It's a very, I feel like it's a very big gap for them. A very big, I don't know how you want to put it, Bo. Uh, very big sample size i don't i don't know if that's the right way to put it wide variance it's a wide variance of outcomes for the blue jays yes yeah the variance is yeah, pretty wide yeah. but uh and and yeah. and i tend to lean a little bit higher on them a little bit because you know they they do play well against those al east teams but yeah it's going to be exciting to see what happens with them this year yeah and i i think uh the al east if you're an al east fan it's shaping up to be uh to be an interesting year with the Orioles, the Blue Jays, and the Yankees. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, of course the Rays in that mix as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely going to be uh, a thorn in the Mariners' side, like a lot of teams, I think, this year in the AL. So, yeah. You forgot to put former Mariner Yusei Kikuchi. You just said Yusei Kikuchi. Former Mariner Yusei, Yusei, Yusei Kikuchi and uh, Eric Swanson. Yes, both both Eric Swanson's up there. You know, I I was thinking about this when you were talking. You didn't bring him up. Jordan well, I think it's Jordan Romano, but they call him Romano or something. it's pronounced really weird. Um you know, you look at him and he's a fairly decent closer. You know, obviously has his hiccups. Um, you know, ended up blowing a uh playoff game against the Mariners a couple years ago, but uh you know, if you look at Jordan, I think it's Romano. If you look at him, who does he remind you of, you know, 
that used to be a former Mariner that he was always a pretty good closer, but not great. I have like two names that I'm thinking of off my head. And I, he'd probably go somewhere else and do really well, but. Um, hmm. Brandon League. Very close. He was the second one I was thinking of. He almost strikes me too as a, as like a a JJ puts type, you know, where he's he was always very solid for the Mariners, but he'd blow a game here and there, maybe lose his control, and JJ puts ended up going to the Diamondbacks and being a very very elite closer for a couple of years for them, you know. But I just I I don't know why I get those feelings. I almost said Eddie Gordado. You know, but Eddie hmm, Gordado okay. was with the Twins. It was pretty. He was pretty elite with the Twins, and then he comes to the Mariners. He's just very good. I don't know. Maybe that's just because the Mariners okay. have had historically some some pretty good closers. I would even put. I wouldn't put him as a very good closer, but I would have put like David Artsma as a good closer. You know, okay. maybe. And I, I think Romano is a little bit better than an Artsma, but you know, a, a puts <laughs> level or a. a <laughs> you know, a Brandon league level. Um, definitely where I would put him. So I like it. That's a good comparison. JJ puts that's, that's valid. That's a good one. Gold star for you today. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Nothing. The blue Jays, (coughs) excuse me. (coughs) Sorry. Um, the blue Jays bullpen will never compare to the early two thousands Mariners bullpen with Kasasaki, Jeff Nelson, Shiggy, Shigatosi Hasegawa, Arthur Rhodes. I, just, I don't know. Nice, I guess I've been thinking names. a lot about the bullpen recently. <laughs> and and what used to be for our bullpen. Now we just patchwork it and we're like, oh, we get some decent names here and there to break through. But yeah. <laughs> hmm. I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Anyways, that is our uh, that is our show for the day, Bo. That was a pretty quick and painless episode. What do we got on tap for next week? Just to give our, our listeners a little bit of a taste of what we got coming up. Yeah, so I think we'll I think next week we're we're gonna we'll cover the race, right? I think the other team um, that would be close in the in the race there. We might I think we're gonna talk about the kind of the rest of the AL, right? If there's anybody in that kind of group that um, we should be on the lookout for, surprise us. We'll make mention of the Oakland A's and you know, the situation that they're in just to kind of wrap out the AOS. West. Um, and then the week after that, right now that we've kind of gone through everybody, we'll kind of release our power rankings and um, yeah. Well, as you know, we'll cover any sort of transactions and chat about it and whatever else happens over the next couple of weeks um, as we, uh, yeah, just are kind of waiting for spring um, and uh, yeah, only a couple of, a couple of weeks away now. So, yep. Yep. Yep, we're we're very close to February. I think uh, social media manager for the Mariners posted that they're going to be pitchers and catchers report on the twelfth. I know you sent it to me, but I can't remember. Was it the twelfth? I believe so. Yes. Yep, twelfth of February is it's fast approaching. So uh, we're close to having another baseball season, folks. And uh, you know that just means a lot of fun for us as we go forward. Um, you know, we got the power rankings coming up. We'll see if Bo and I can be on the same wavelength um, for all of our listeners that have stuck around since last year. You probably remember Bo and I doing our power rankings, and I'm pretty sure all but like two teams 
we we had we had done separate list and all but two of the teams were the same in the same position. I think our only difference was you had the Mariners, I think, one spot lower than I did. And you had was it the Blue Jays or the Yankees like one spot higher. So um, we were we're very much on the same wavelength. So I can't wait for that episode again, just because um, Bo and I usually are on the same wavelength for that. So, anyways, um, Bo, you got anything else before we get out of here? Uh, I think that's it. Sorry, my minor correction. They're there. They're there. The fourteenth. They land on Valentine's Day. I don't know why I forgot that, but Valentine's oh. Day is the report day. So. In our hearts, in our hearts, Valentine's Day. There you go. There you go. So you're going to be, you're going to be looking at the news, seeing pitchers and catchers report, and then you're going to wait till the 15th and you and Kate are going to go out and get that discount candy, right? Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the day, that's what Valentine's Day is all about. The discount, the discount candy. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) For all our listeners in the Puget Sound Pacific Northwest and beyond, Thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forks Down podcast. For Bo Chisholm, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you guys next week. Brother, 